You're listening to the Fun Employment Radio Network. Future of radio. The future. The future of radio is here. Funemploymentradio.com. Sir, I appreciate you winking at me, but it's a little bit uncomfortable. <laughs> I am not <laughs> winking at you. <laughs> I have to say, I mean, it doesn't look as bad as you think it does. But I think I it looks kind of pretty bad. It kind of it still hurts. Well, I, I, I can s- feel its presence. I, your new friend, <laughs> my I, new friend. I know that you just started your uh, your new job out uh, out a little bit further east in Portland. A little did bit you east. Get, did you get into an, an altercation? I did not get into an altercation. The only thing I, I got into an altercation with was my brand new fancy mascara that I can't wear anymore because. I'm allergic to it. So okay. there's that. All right. Mm-hmm. Oh, there we go. It's nice <laughs> of you. Hello, everyone. This is Fun Employment Radio. I am Greg Nibbler here with Sarah X. Dillon. Thank you so much for tuning in wherever and however you listen. It is so fantastic that you do so. We, of course, greatly appreciate it. So Sarah is back today. She I was, am. She was gone yesterday. Big thank you to Aaron Duran for filling in. And thank you so much for and, covering. I just <clears throat> felt like garbage yesterday. Both of my eyes were <laughs> swollen All right, shut. So <laughs> just, just to explain really quick. What what is uh, what is, what happened with this your is eye? why I can't have nice things okay because for Christmas I asked my mom to get me this like very expensive mascara and I was super excited about it because I always use just cheap drugstore stuff so I got this mascara it's ridiculous it's ridiculously expensive like it shouldn't be this expensive like how like, expensive are we talking dollars is that ridiculously expensive? that's pretty I expensive know. for I don't know how a much tube costs. that you put stuff on your eyelashes okay so anyway got it. And uh, started putting it on Right when I got it I got the same thing Where my eyes started to get a little swelly So I didn't wear makeup I didn't wear it for a couple of weeks I'm yeah, like Oh that happened, must have just been a fluke This happened to you a couple of months ago Yeah this happened right before New Year's Eve, I remember. So about a month ago. And so I just thought it was just kind of a fluke. Maybe, you know, something, you know, got in my eye or something happened. But sure enough, woke up on Saturday morning, of course, the day that I'm starting my brand new part-time job. And my eye is completely swollen. <laughs> so I don't know what to do. So I've been putting, like, hot compresses on it and everything. Ended up going, you know, going to the bar, working my first shift at the bar. Then woke up on Sunday morning. And sure enough, both of them. And it's not inside my eyes. It's my eyelids, like my actual eyelids. And your shirt's not pink eye. It's not pink eye. They're not itchy. It doesn't have anything to do with my eyes. It's just my eyelids. Okay. that are. It, well, now it's just eyelid. All right. But, um, yeah, it's it's awful, <laughs> and it's swollen, and I could not bear to bring myself in here yesterday with you and Aaron mocking me for my big swollen eyes. <laughs> we wouldn't have mocked you that well. Yeah, we would have. Yes, yeah, you would have. have you. Yes. Yeah. It's true. And so I woke up yesterday morning and I was getting, I was like, oh, woke up, stretched, opened my eyes or what I thought was opening my eyes and I couldn't open them very far. I was like, what is wrong with my eyes? Went into the uh, bathroom and it looked like somebody punched me in the face. It was awful. But in fact, you were not in a fight. This I was like not. A, this isn't an elaborate cover up for some altercation. You get no, uh, the bar that I worked at on Saturday, apparently there was a fight after I left. Really? But I was not. Yeah. Because I was there, actually, when you were working mm-hmm. at this place. All right, we'll talk about that here in a yep. minute. But, but you are okay. You're not contagious. I am I'm not trusting contagious. trusting you. Don't rub your eye on the microphone. Unless you want to wear like my that. mascara. No, I'm not are going to Are you sure? Are you, did you learn your lesson? Are you throwing it away now, finally? It's very painful to throw that much money away. Yeah, but away. obviously it's hurting you. I know. You're going to something that's hurting you over know, and over. it works so well when it's not infecting my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> is is <laughs> it worth 50/50. it? 50-50. <laughs> no, it's not worth it. This sucks. And it hurts, and okay. no, I'm not going to wear it anymore. All right, well, you're good now then. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is what happens. I can't have nice things. I try to splurge, and you know that's what happened with that fancy face cream that I bought. Like I got mm-hmm. this face cream, and it made me break out like a 16 year old girl. 
Like, yeah. I just need to stick to the basics. I need to stick to, like, wet and wild. Stick and, to wet works. Yes, yeah. like generic stuff. All right. Well, mm-hmm. there we go. Well, something that's not generic is happening on February 22nd, Sarah. Wow, that was a really See that, weird see that how that worked? See how that kind of worked, that was, though? Whole, see, that was terrible. I tried to slide it in. I was going to say nice things, but then you kept on talking. So I, I was Oh, I'm like so sorry to in. keep talking to you. <laughs> so, uh, coming up on February 22nd will be the Fun Employment Radio Network Listener Party. Yeah! And... You can get your tickets now at FunEmploymentRadio.com. So we've talked about a bunch of different things that are going to be happening there. Mm. Of course, you did agree that you were going to be doing five minutes of stand-up. Yes. Yes. Yes, I will. So, I am going to... Sarah uh, still in stand-up comedian, five minutes on stage And we're going to have to explain yourself. this, because this is my nightmare. But I am doing this because of, in exchange for being able to do a ghost hunt at Greg's house. It's true. It is true. And we talked about it yesterday. Aaron actually brought up some of the things that are going to be involved with it. Basically, he kept telling me that either we're going to find out that my house is haunted or that I'm absolutely insane, neither of which I want to find out Oh, my about. God. So these are both <clears throat> of the best I don't things know. that could happen. No, th- this is why I really, really, really do not want to do this because I don't want to find out one way or another. If it is haunted, if there are ghosts, I don't want to know. I want to. I would rather just live in blissful ignorance. Well, that was and the deal that we made. I'm going to look like a jackass on stage, and we have a super secret guest in here right now. So I don't want to say. It. I want to also make him rest assured that I am not doing this seriously. This is not something I want to do. However, this is what's going to be happening. Five minutes of stand-up of Five, Sarah original comedy. Which, if you know me at all, anybody, that is my nightmare: being on stage in front of people with them staring, looking, watching, judging, yes. prob- most likely not laughing at the things that I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be really oh, awkward. Fuck. The room will be really quiet. Oh, Everybody God, staring no. staring right at you. I'd rather hundreds be heckled people, than have hundreds people of people be quiet. staring at you. Okay, thanks, Greg. As you're up there by yourself in the microphone. Okay. Well, that's not the only thing that's going to be happening. So I unfortunately also did this. I'm, I'm starting to feel pretty self-conscious about this. I'm wondering why the hell I even admitted this on air. But I, of course, challenged Mr. Scott Daly to a rap battle. <laughs> to a rap battle on stage. I'm loving for these some looks, reason. by the way. For some reason, I did this, and I didn't think that Scott would ever admit to, to doing it. I was basically, I was calling it out. Same thing with your stand-up thing. I didn't ever think you would actually agree to do this. I've been underestimating everyone. Scott actually agreed to do it. So, so I said the, the, oh, God, I feel awful about this. Yes, I will be battling Scott in a rap battle on stage oh at the God. Fun Employment Radio Network party. This is what we do for everyone out here. We yes. humiliate ourselves on stage. Yes, I, I it's will It's what be. the people ask for, you it's know, what and the they're, people are asking they're for. traveling, you know, both near and far <laughs> to come and see us be idiots. Yeah, that's so pretty much it. That's what we do. That's pretty much what we are that's doing on stage. So, so those, those are a couple of the things that are going to be happening. But also, <laughs> there's something else going on, and we alluded to this over the last couple of days. But uh, something pretty exciting is going to be happening, and that is some special guests are going to be joining us. So this is going to be the first time in five years, I believe, that we have all been together in the same place at the same time in front of microphones together. Mm-hmm. So joining us. That's at, true. I think so. Yeah. So if five years. I don't think any. Because we've all been together, but at separate times. Separate times. So yeah. not all, all together as no, one unit. So. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. So, ladies and gentlemen, on stage at the network party will be, all at the same time, myself, Sarah X. Dillon, Mr. Tim Riley, newsman extraordinaire, and... And news god. Yes, news god. And our special guest today, Mr. Rick Emerson. Why, hello. (laughs) There he is. (laughs) Rick, see? 
we're still as ridiculous as the last time you were here. Well, now I feel like there's this whole weird <laughs> Wu-Tang revival thing happening. So. I don't know why I agreed to do that. And, and I'm the one that brought it up. I have no one to blame but myself. Well, see, do you remember all the ridiculous shit that we did at listener parties? Oh, remember yes. the band we put together? Oh, oh, yes. Oh, yeah. No, late at night when I'm trying to sleep in what Nietzsche calls the wolf hour, those memories come to me. Remember that time they that you wore a fanny pack and fake stubble and a big teal hat? Yeah. Oh, my God. The white trash barbecue. Yeah. And then I think that didn't really happen. And then didn't somebody throw up SpaghettiOs everywhere? Somebody, you mean Mailman Chris? Yes, I mean yes. Mailman Chris. <laughs> he actually threw up SpaghettiOs, but he threw them out, threw up with such velocity. It, like the projectiles are... No, but it's it so no, but it gets so much worse. So we had this. Um, I believe this was. I believe this was pre Greg. So you didn't get to. You, you missed this, fortunately. Oh. So we had this at Billy Reed's. Which is it? Still Billy Reed's? It's. Uh, uh, no, I think it's I don't like. Know if it is. That's uh, some kind of shop now or something. I don't even think it's a restaurant. When it was Billy Reed's, we had, you know, every listener party, we tried to do a different sort of a crazy, zany gimmick. And uh, to set it up. <laughs> I exchanged here. Like, no <laughs> belief that anybody would just, like, come to, you know, just, who? Rick? No, you know. But it, it, there was no, to me, there was, like, no appeal for, like, just coming out and just watching us talk. And so, like, we had to have some gimmick. And so we did this white trash barbecue. And uh, and it was like, you know, best wear your best white trash costume or whatever. And so uh, and th- th- we all just looked, you know, great and terrible and whatever. But Mailman Chris comes out and he apparently had a costume on of some kind. Um, <laughs> but part of it was a, a, lu- a, a lukewarm spaghetti-o-eating contest. And it was like for the standby It was like thing, a big bowl, wasn't it? It was like oh, a pie pan. Yeah. It's like the big pie pan and then just – and uh, whoever – one of the interns was like would open and then dump in these room temperature SpaghettiOs. And the deal was like you had to eat, you know, keep going. And it was like whoever ate the most in five minutes or something. But the thing is like – so no one made the five minutes. No. Because the deal was if you would, you would, of course, win by default if everybody else like tapped out. Right. But it wasn't so much tapping out so much as it was your stomach just going, I cannot <laughs> accept any more of this delivery, sir. And I am returning to the sender. With extreme prejudice and velocity. And so, Mailman Chris, and of course, it is just like in Stand By Me, it is the chain reaction, right? <laughs> Where as soon as one... <laughs> Here's the thing that I'm going to remember by when oh, I'm 90. So gross. When I am old... Er, and I am at the nursing home and I have forgotten the names of my family I can no longer feed myself or use the use the toilet I can no longer toilet myself with, you know I can no, when I, I don't know who I am or what I did here's something that I will remember somebody whoever was t- t- sitting to mailman Chris's right got some down sideways apparently and was just sort of like Bleh! and like hacked up a little bit of the, oh. the spaghettio which looks bad coming out of the can oh, oh yeah. yeah and so so Chris sees this and Chris immediately is just like no 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 I'm not gonna look and he like looks down and he's like I, I'm all business I'm just gonna keep eating he was very serious the guy to the left he just is like suddenly he's had enough <laughs> and I believe and he started to just like um, he started to refund his uh, his his consumption a little bit <laughs> they were repeating on him and so he's starting to hack these back up in retrospect we could have killed people I don't know why we were doing yeah. this I mean they could have you could have aspirated those things they could have choked on them yeah and so the guy to the left starts to hack and Chris held it together until the guy was actually hacking up his spaghetti because one came out of his nose because oh. it's all connected in there. Oh. <sighs> and so, so here's a thing that I will remember forever. Mailman Chris trying to thwart his body's own, his, his body's <laughs> own, like, systolic system by putting his Covering hands his- in front of his mouth, like, I'll hold them in. Oh. And so then what happens is it just begins when you put your thumb over a garden hose and it's like, <laughs> <laughs> 
And so these spaghettios are just shooting out from between his fingers. Oh. And and then but I here's the thing I didn't know about him. His upper plate is false. And so then it's like Oh hurl, hurl, hurl. Oh my god, his teeth just came out. <laughs> I forgot about that. It became white trash like in a meta quasi galactic <laughs> level. And then and then and then later somebody it might have been Richie Bristol, I think, was there at some point. Richie uh, at one point later on in the evening went to use the uh, the men's room. And he came out and he's like, oh, you don't want to go on there. It's like just painted with O's. <laughs> oh, painted with O's. Oh, I destroyed my the back of my friend's I, van doing that, trying not no. to throw up when we were going out in high school. <laughs> and we went to the lake to go and drink some Boone's Farm. And I drank like the uh, strawberry one. Yeah, uh, didn't you not tell I him I didn't too? tell him. So I was trying to do that where I was like sitting in the back of the van. I did the cover of my mouth thing. It just went like everywhere. <laughs> and it was light blue in the van. And it painted everything bright pink. Oh, and I didn't even tell him until like the next day. I'm like, oh god, that wow. was me. It was awful, Ugh. awful. But that same thing, like finger thumb on a oh, garden yeah. hose, just goes everywhere. You know, your body's like, I'm not going to be denied. Here. <laughs> it's oh, coming out. Yeah, let's let's avoid any uh, food eating contests at this one. <laughs> we could have a water drinking contest like Jesus. Intercom, where they just kill people. Could well, let's just bring up blocks of dry ice and sit mm-hmm. on those for however long we can <laughs> and see how well that goes. Oh, wow. <sighs> All right, so yes, no spaghetti eating contests no. at the listener party. But however, Rick and Tim will be there along with Greg and I. Yes, indeed. Yay, On and shenanigans stage. will ensue. Yeah. It doesn't, I mean, it, has, it seems like it's been, it, it's that thing where it, it simultaneously seems like it has not been nearly that long. Mm-hmm. But, it, right. it, but at the same time, it does seem like this other lifetime, just it like does. a world ago, that that was all happening. So, yeah. Well, because we've all seen each other sporadically, but never all four of us together. At I don't the think same in the time. same place at the same time. Mm-mm. Yeah, not even. Not even when we were let go, because Tim wasn't even there yet. That's true. The no, three of us got later. fired too. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the memories. That's true. So I don't think we have all been in the same room in five years. Mm-mm. I don't even. think so. Interesting. I think the last time we were in the same room was that Friday when we were sitting there waiting for the program director who was never going to come meet right. us. Yeah. And I think that was it. Waiting. Yeah, we, that's right, because we were, we were convinced, well, correctly, yeah. uh, that we were going to get fired, but it was just later in the day. That's right. And then Tim showed up. You, We, we had gone, been fired, and like gone home. Yeah. We'd gone to drink or something. Mm. And, you know, and, and Tim, just, I overslept. Did I miss anything? And, you know, and he showed up later. <laughs> Did I miss anything important? Fired by himself. <laughs> so, yeah. So we haven't actually been been in the same place together for uh, for five years. That's weird. Oh, my gosh. Well, we have uh, some listeners coming, that, some, flying in from all over the country. Uh, country, including out of the country. Yes. Uh, listener Dwayne is flying down with his buddy. I can't remember. Not Sebastian. Um, Sebastian. Yeah. They're flying from, in from Calgary. I think they're and, driving down. Wow. Yeah. And he's one of your biggest fans, too. So, Uh-oh. Dwayne. Uh-oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll put Rick Emerson in a booth and everybody can <laughs> walk up. Just put him in a hugging just booth. Touch. <laughs> We're not putting Rick in a hugging booth. Just stocks. <laughs> God, you, you and Tim and the hugs, like when we had Tim on a couple weeks ago, oh like a month ago. Uh, you know, I give him a hug and he's like, you're still one of the only people I will let hug me. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Like, Thank you, Tim. <laughs> I know that's going to be my hell some days. I'm going to, like, I'm just going to be like, put on some sort of padded cross and people, like, for eternity and people will just come up and, oh, hey, how are you doing, man? And, like, give me long Mike Chase hugs. <laughs> no, <laughs> Mike Chase hugs. Well, Rick, when you come on stage, you're going to have to be prepared to answer the one fucking question everyone asks. I think our first question is going to be, Rick. What have you been up to? What are you doing these days? <laughs> I was just asked that last week too when we went to the uh, to the comedy to the Hamster Village thing that we yeah, were part yeah. of. Yeah, yeah, and he's a great listener, listens to Fun Employment Radio. But mm. one of the first questions out of his mouth: So, what's Rick been up to? <laughs> and so, Rick, what have you been up to? I well, you'd think like if nothing else, I would be up to constructing a better answer for that, <laughs> so that I would have something to. I mean, I. 
not that I'm equating myself with this, but you know, there's like certain, you know, like people. There's some people who get interviewed all the time, and they get they get asked the same question. Mm. You know, right? Like I, uh, I was listening to um, an interview with um, um, Duff McKagan, who's the bass player for Guns N' Roses and Velvet Revolver and whatever. And of course, you know, it's like you can count down like three, two, one. When's the band getting back together? You yeah. know, and he's like <laughs> crafted like a very. I heard this uh, uh, George Martin, who produced the Beatles. I he, I think Henry Rollins or somebody was telling this story about. He's it. like the most. It's. It, you understand it. You feel so bad for him because it's like he was at dinner with like so and so and so and so and so and so, and somebody was a friend of a person who knew George Martin. And so Rollins is there at the table, and here's George Martin. He's like produced the White Album, produced Sgt. Pepper, and he said that it's just this thing that he he knows that for the rest of his life, it doesn't matter what he does, he could cure cancer, and it's like yeah. you know, be like, yeah, but. Do you have any Beatles stories? And it's like that's all you know. <laughs> yeah. And he just sort of politely groans and goes, I suppose. But um, <laughs> so I I feel like I should have constructed a better response to that by now. That's but right because we need a response because that's our one constant question. Like whenever we're interviewed yeah. for anything, like it oh, it inevitably comes up. I feel like there's nothing I could say now. Like the que- <laughs> like it would the question has become so disproportionate <gasps> to like the value or importance it actually has to any real person. But that's the thing you could make up anything you wanted. Mm-hmm. Though. I would people have would to believe it at this point. Like I'd have to. Go all Salinger and just be all, you know, uh, I don't know. We heard something overseas that he can't talk about in, in Beirut. I've, told, involved. I've started making things up. I'm like, I've heard he's working on a movie script <laughs> and uh, he's, you know, really busy doing that. And then also, like, sometimes will say, like, you know, eating Triscuits and playing Xbox. Uh, not, you know, I find that there's time for all things. <laughs> These things are not mutually <laughs> it's, it's not all work and no play, Sarah. Start photoshopping my face into, like, the Egyptian uprising and just, you know. <laughs> well, and you just were. On the TV, yeah. Actually, Edward in the chat is saying, "Haven't you? Haven't you been on Grim, Rick?" Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. I so that caught me off guard because I've, yes, I've I never seen it, but I hear good things about it. And then someone wrote to us, of course, because since nobody can reach you, they still write to Greg and I. <laughs> <They're> like, <laughs> Did I? Oh. To Rick, Kara, Greg, and Sarah. Yeah, it's like, oh, Greg yeah. and Sarah, hi guys, love the show. So anyway, did I see uh, Rick on Grimm uh, last night? I'm sorry. <laughs> I, oh, it's fine. Uh, well, that's how we're passing along the question. So you you were on the Grimm. Yeah, and I didn't uh, and I didn't mention it ahead of time because I just, you know, I never want to jinx it or whatever. Right, and, yeah. You know, and plus, I don't want to, I mean, not that, you know, not that it means, you know, much to, to most people anywhere in the real world, but I want to be like, hey, did I tell you what I'm doing next week? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you mean you don't want to put on a Twitter account that you're detective number one on Grimm? I I feel like I that's know. the sort of you thing that like one percent joke. You do that and then God just laughs. Yeah, you no, know, God says yeah. you know that's for hubris. That's like why I was I was an extra on an episode of Portlandia that's coming out sometime this year, and I'm like I'm not going to even say what it was about no. because I'm probably going to get cut. So well, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Well, you never know. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, uh, Tim uh, has had he told the story about you know he was on uh, he was going to be on. Gonna be on an episode of Doctor Queen Medicine Woman. Awesome! And he invited all of his friends. I had all my friends over to my Hollywood apartment to watch my network debut. And he like, he like had food and beverages. I imagine like streamers from the ceiling, and you know, congratulations, Tim. Just the whole thing. And like, as as the episode is going, like Tim is looking at his watch as the hour goes by, and any moment now, it, oh, it's going to be over. And he's, this is the last scene. I, these are the credits. And it was like they cut his part out for oh. whatever reason. And he oh. said, and he said he never again. Ever, no. ever, ever told anybody ever again that he's you know gonna, um, yeah. So I was on, um, and that which happened to me once on Leverage because I'd done Leverage a couple times, but one time they like I they I auditioned, they cast me, I went, I did the fitting, the costuming, whatever. But then somewhere between fitting and shooting, like the script was over long. The script yeah. was fat, as they say, and they, mm-hmm. they just like cut out. They're like, who can we lose that won't matter at all, that won't affect the plot in any way, that no one cares? Him. And they just like <laughs> cut my part. And so I had not told anybody, which I was glad about. So I got this um, 
And for a while, I had my niche going. I felt like I was really like in, in the zone because I was like newscaster guy. Okay. I was on leverage, both of my leverages, in fact, all three of them, even the one that, that got cut. My job was, uh, and it was always in the season finale, my job was uh, the guy in the last act who catches the audience up on what has happened so far if they were like taking a whiz or something like during the first. you're just tuning in. Oh, yeah. Literally. literally <laughs> I, I was like, for those just joining us tonight, an upset in the presidential election in San Lorenzo, a tiny island nation with an unusual history. And I, you know. Is that really the line? It was something like yeah, that. But yeah. it was, but it was, uh, it was uh, you know, a come from behind candidate, you know, Vincente, blah, blah, in a stunning upset over, you know, reputed mafioso, like literally catching everybody up on everything. Yeah, but the good thing about that is then when it's on demand and they do the, you know, last episode, on <gasps> you're in the recap. You're that. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I uh, and you know, and I managed to not not screw it up too 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 badly or whatever. So I did a, I did a couple of those where I was newscaster, and because um, um, apparently, like in the leverage verse, it's like it's like the Earth tours. Like there's only one newscaster. You know, it's like <laughs> they've cloned. It's like a leverage verse. Please say they call it the leverage verse when they're there. It's like Django in the Fett or something, where they just all all of you know they're all Boba Fett. Um, but um, but uh, so yeah, so I got uh, you know, so I thought I was really like nailing that, and um, but then my streak got broken because there was like a newscaster role, um, and you know I'd played Dad a couple times. Oh, last like, time you were in, you were playing Dad. That was when somebody slashed your tires in the um, in the uh, for the Oregon Community Credit Union. I was dad in a commercial. Uh, that was the audition, yes, where I believe someone okay, cut yeah. my tires. Um, but I got that role, and I played mm. dad. Uh, and so, but then this role comes my way, and the, my agent calls me. He's like, "Kid, I got a, it's a, it's a, it's a million dollar thing. It's a newscaster who's a dad." And I'm like, "Yes, <laughs> last." You know, it was like the Tigris and Euphrates coming together for me. And then, like, I'm on my way to the audition. I'm thinking, like, this is it. Like, this is this is where two great tastes come together. And like I'm, I'm like literally walking in the door, and the phone rings again, and he's, it's my agent, goes, kid, bad news. <laughs> Can just you know, have you have you already at the audition yet? No, he said, don't. But you just save yourself the gas money. They've already <laughs> cast it. So like, oh. I don't know, so they, they already like cast some other guy. And I was like, don't they know? Haven't they seen me <laughs> as dad and I'm newscaster? <laughs> I mean. And literally, for a moment, I was like, haven't they heard? I mean, in Portland, for newscaster dad, I am it. I I am the pinnacle. I was like, literally, I was like a gog that they couldn't like, how could they not know? Um, but uh, that's like how Greg always gets cast for things that have like smarmy or smarmy. seedy. Always smarmy. Always smarmy. Yep. Really? Now, see, I yep. figured you would get. Uh, well, I, said this I figured you would get a lot of like Eastern European. Yeah, there. I've, I've gotten <laughs> those auditions before. Yeah, for the Eastern European. Actually, I did a. I did a newsman. Um, uh, I can't really talk about that one though because I don't think I, it's one another one of those things I don't want to talk about in case it doesn't happen. Yeah, right? yeah. But right. yeah, it's a series that might be coming out. But it's along those same lines. Only they wanted smarmy, um, like TM. Tabloid type reporter. Tabloid oh, reporter. Oh, I was going to ask what you yeah. meant. So, like, sort of, uh, like a little bit, little Weasley. Yeah, <gasps> Weasley. That's, That's the word. actually the description I got when I auditioned for Grimm. Was mm. uh, they wanted a Weasley character? <laughs> Did they want you to actually become a weasel? Uh, no, a I don't troll. know. No, I don't think I was actually turning into anything. I was, uh, I was a guy selling bad, uh, bad fairy drugs or something like that. Okay, I thought I was you said it was like dealer. a troll or something. No, it was Weasley drug dealer. <laughs> I don't know if I would have turned into something, but I was the guy selling the bad stuff. Now, I didn't end up getting it. So now, what based on just in your estimation, what is it that uh, 
What is it they see in Greg Nibbler that it says Weasley? Is it like your headshot, or is it like stuff you've done in the past? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I guess I have played kind of Weasley stuff in the past, so maybe. Well, that seems like it's still it. like you're good at playing the Weasley stuff. Like when you played that uh, that creepy preacher guy in yeah, the movie, a cult leader. Yeah, yeah, that one was pretty good. Actually, I enjoyed that. Some one people too much. just have the, the smarm charm. Yeah. That's what Greg has. Smarm, smarm charm. <laughs> well, you know, it's uh, and it becomes a self-replicating <laughs> thing at a certain point where they. Uh, but so yeah, so I so I get this, uh, and then I'd auditioned for Grimm a couple times, and uh, and I was really like the first time I, I auditioned, it was for like a guy who was going to transform into a creature, like I was going <laughs> to. Does everybody awesome. on the show transform into things? Not everybody. There's as it as so there's a a a um, what do you get like a like a breed or a race? There's a creature that can transform from from human to like a shapeshifter. Okay. And uh, they and yeah, speak they, to me in true blood lingo. It's, well, I it's get it. like a Fight Club power animal thing. So it's like people have different animals they can you know like they turn into oh, like spirit animals. Kind yeah, of? that's basically it. It's or it's like Harry Potter's, like with the Patronus thing. Mm-hmm. But it's like they become that. Um, they shift into different animals. Interesting. Um, so, for example, uh, I should say first and foremost, everybody in the uh, everybody in the set of Grimm was really great. They mm-hmm. were abs- and I'm going to say this up front because uh, this is not always the case uh, with not with Grimm, but I'm saying this is not always the case with as. Many of us know with sets where sometimes people can be difficult or whatever. But mm-hmm. um, but I've actually yeah. – with Leverage, I've had great experiences. And with Grimm, the cast, like the guys who are the regulars on the cat, the regular crew, it was really – you know, because I'm just some jag-off day player. Like, mm-hmm. they, don't, they, don't, you know, they don't know who I am. They're not going to remember me the next day. Then, you know, I got a handful of lines or whatever. But it's like every single one of the regular, like – above the line cast like they all came over to me and all the other day players and they like went like one by one like shook her hands introduced themselves talked for you know a few like which you don't have they yeah, certainly that's don't. Super yeah. nice. those guys could just stay in their trailer and just totally, you know yeah. they were really I mean it was and I know this sounds corny and you know, this is totally like you know first world problems or whatever but it's like it's you know, it really they, like they were very cool and very professional, and did not go like. And who are the day players? Mm-hmm. Who are, you know, right? Who, yeah. Who is, who's is that what it's called? Is it the term time? the day players? Well, that's. I think that's the. You know, that's what I. Ooh. Be, um, I'm learning lingo. But they were really cool, and the director of this guy, Alan Croker, who directed. Wait for it. Not only an episode of Firefly, but an episode of Dollhouse. So he's oh. kind of awesome. All right. Um, but everybody was really, really cool. But um, but I had auditioned before for this this part where it's like I've been turned into a fox. <laughs> And I so wanted. I was like, I worked in a. I was a disreputable spice dealer who then turned into a fox. A disreputable spice dealer. Like, that I is so, so oddly specific. I, I love it. I so <laughs> wanted the role like more than anything, just so I, you know, just because it's like insane, right? Like, and I and I and I didn't. Um, on the on the set though of on the set of Grimm, I I will not reveal who said this, but on the set of Grimm, there was uh, uh, an actor who had not. Had not had that happen to their character before the the transformation. I forget what they call it. The 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 um, you know wilding wilding is something else. I think uh, but the, morphing or whatever. They hadn't done the whole thing, yeah. and so they were, and they were they were talking to another actor trying to figure out exactly because I guess the deal is you as you sort of shake or your eyelids flutter or something, and then like magic happens and you're like, and then you're like a like a zebra or whatever. Okay, and so she's and so she's she's uh, looking it up online. She's like. Well, it says it says I have large tusks. <laughs> large tu- according to Wikipedia, I have large tusks and um and I have a heavy tail which I use in battle. Um and then she po- <laughs> How would you how would you transform into a large tusk creature with a tail that transforms? And so then these the actors start sort of powwowing about like, well, 
when I've done my transformation on character into a Katie did or whatever, here's how I did it. And somebody else was like, well, I, you know, when I transform into a polar bear, I, I whatever. <laughs> and they're having this conversation. And you realize, like, wow. what an insane way to make a living this is. And then a sort of senior crew person comes over and says, you know, what is going, what's, 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 what's being talked about over here? And they said, oh, we're, we're trying to help so-and-so figure out how to change into a, you know, her power animal. And the guy goes, the guy goes, no, 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 no. That's a journey that every actor has to take inside himself. Oh, good God. And, and I was like watching all this just going like, this is the most insane thing I have ever like. I mean, it, don't get me wrong. It's like uh, I, I'm happy to do it. It's, 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 it's fun. It's interesting. It pays way more than it should. But God damn, it's weird. Wow. Yeah. Um, so I'm sorry. And I, I'm taking way too long to tell the story. But no, so they, no, it's uh, fine. Uh, so, so I go into audition um, and um, – and I get the, and I get the little thing from my agent. He's you know, kid, sending something your way could be gold, you know. And I'm like, okay. And I'm, <laughs> I like, I just don't ever tell me what your agent really sounds like. I just want him to sound like that. <laughs> um, he sounds like one of the two voices, basically, that I can do. Um, the uh, but I and I, I I get the thing and I look through it and it like first I'm all confused and I call him back. I'm like, uh, Maury, I don't. Uh, I think I got the wrong thing. This is all in. Uh, this is all in Russian. This is all Cyrillic. And he's like, that's it. That's you. You are Russian dad. What? <laughs> and I'm like, what? What? Seriously? And he's like, yeah, you, you know, you, you'll nail it. I, I got a good feeling about it. And I was like, uh, okay. Uh, and so they, and so it was crazy where it's like I got the Cyrillic, which like helps me not at all. And then the English translation and then the phonetic translation so like the backward r and you know and like a z with like a five on top of yeah. it, it becomes like whatever <laughs> so were you actually speaking in russian speaking in russian wow so i had to learn you know and it was i mean not it wasn't like a you know it wasn't like hamlet or something but i mean it was like five or six sentences in russian and the thing about russian is as you probably know it's it's not like if you know a little Italian, you can fake Spanish. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. It's like, it doesn't bear any relation to any romance language, to any, like, it doesn't, there's no Latin based, like, it doesn't sound like anything you've ever spoken in your life unless mm-hmm. you've spoken Eastern European languages. Uh, and so, I mean, there's a little bit of, like, the sort of Yiddish thing going on in some of the pronunciations, but it's like, yeah, nothing helps you there. You can't look at it and figure out, you know, puzzle it out. And so... I uh, and so I just call around to like everybody I know that speaks Russian, and I'm like, how many people do you know that speak? Russian? I know I'm well, trying, I'm struggling to think of one person. Diana speaks. <gasps> of course oh, she does. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Lisa Desjardins. Um, but the All thing right. is, no one was around though. Everybody was gone. Like, yeah. Diana was out of town. Lisa was busy, and I like I couldn't. I was because my thing is like, I really wanted to nail it. Like I wanted to really go in and be like the guy who really had the Russian accent. Mm-hmm. I even went on Reddit and I was like, look seriously, I'll give you five dollars if you walk me through this. Like on Reddit, there's a whole learn a language thing, and I was like, nobody was. So I finally just got like. Um, you know, I, I was and I was like looking at computer programs and you know like uh, things that will like sound it up for you, right? And because I, you know, I want to like completely uh, nail this. And part of it is like it's part Russian, part part English, but I got to figure out a consistent accent. So anyway, I didn't do what I should have done because there's it's me and my son who is also you know Russian. He's speaking English but with a Russian accent. Let me ask you this: If you had to go in and you had to audition with a Russian accent. And you, you couldn't talk to anybody in real life because like, so I couldn't get a hold of anybody. Mm-hmm. The internet was no help. Yeah. If you were like, okay, who's a character in popular culture that speaks Russian that I can emulate and that will give me some approximation of how the dialect should sound? Who should I pick? But to see if you guys come up with the person I did not come up with but should have. Got all- like a popular person who speaks Russian? Uh, all I keep thinking is Klingon. 
Oh, I'm like, well, you're well, close. Yeah. You're really close. Yeah. Aaron is screaming at the radio right now. Oh, check off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Did I think of that? No. Because <laughs> <laughs> the guy who's playing my son is like acting is awesome. I'm like, I'm like, did you study? Did you train? It's, did, you, did you go to Berkeley for this? And he's like, it's like, no, I just watched a check off on, uh, <laughs> you know, I, on, on, on TiVo yesterday. And like, I, I wonder how many actors who have to do a Russian accent have done the right. check off, you know, thing. I didn't. So instead, like, I, I like queued up this section of the wire where there's this guy, Boris or Dimitri or whatever his name is, who's in prison, and he's doing this whole speech to Marlo. He's like, in my country, this isn't prison. This is nothing, you know? And it's like, <laughs> which, as you can tell, like, I can't do. <laughs> but that's good. That's what I did. And so I go well, in. Well, you did it good enough to get the role. Well, yeah. yeah. So I go in, and I'm, like, really trying to sell it. And, like, I, you know, and I, and, uh, you know, and, the, yeah, the director was there, and he liked it, and they brought for a callback and whatever. And so I, so I get the role, and, and, um, and I'm like, oh, that's, you know, that's, because that's NBC. That's, like, yeah. you know, a cool thing. And I'm like, and, and so then they have an actual Russian linguist train with me to like for the dialogue and for the wow. dialect and the because it's accents and it's how do you certain a certain word slow and fast and it's you know you basically just have to memorize it flawlessly so i'm you know i'm learning all this and i've got these like the little thing on tape you know the little recording of it that i'm playing back and forth and i'm like walking around the house and you know i'm just saying it out loud and it's like the dog <laughs> is saying it back to me basically <laughs> because everybody in the neighborhood has heard me pacing around you know going <laughs> saying all this like <laughs> russian stuff um and you know, and I'm all excited, and I go to my fitting at the at the the grim, you know, uh, uh, costume warehouse, which is sort of awesome and whatever. And oh, cool! And uh, as a side note, when they're when they're fitting me with everything, they're like giving me all this like beige and gray and whatever, and and uh, it doesn't matter to me, you know, it's their their yeah, right. their job, like whatever, you know. But uh, she said, uh, she said so. Um, if they didn't tell you, and she's like holding swatches to my face, she's like, so we're looking for someone who's really, um, you know, who's really in the depths of despair and has lost all their will to live. And <laughs> someone who's really haggard and whose life has been really harrowing and without meaning for a while now. So those are the colors also that we're going to go for. So apparently I just reek like I am on the brink of suicide. <laughs> I've just, you know, like every day I go home and just idly finger the shotgun and wonder if it's the day. So I do all of this stuff, and I like go there, and I, uh, you know, I'm ready to ready to rock, and um, and so we the the the, the, uh, the day of the shoot, the little van comes to the, the, the where the trailers are and picks me, and and it's like me and another guest star and three regulars. Um, the three cast regulars and my son, my son, and we're driving. Oh, it's so creepy to hear you say "son." By the way, yeah. <laughs> whatever you say, they're like my son. I'm like it me and the makes boy. Kind of twitch. I, no, it's like somebody walked over my grave a little I bit. Know. Yeah. <laughs> and we're in the shuttle van on the way over, and I realize that other than the kid who's playing my son, I am the only one in the van who does not actually speak fluent, authentic Russian. Are they all speaking it together? They are all speaking it together because, and and they're not Russian, you know, but they're all actors who have learned Russian at one point in their life, either just by dint of their heritage or their family. Or one guy is like, well, when I did the lead on, uh, when I did the lead in Fiddler on the Roof in uh, 2004, you know, I really had to master the accent there. And the guy's like, oh, was that in the, was that the production that had uh, Johnny Schlemiel? And he's like, no, 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 that was 92, the touring uh, company. No, <laughs> oh, I, yeah. I, oh, and then, God. And they're like, sl- and then Does- they're do- then they're and then and I they weren't doing this, but it feels this way somehow. It felt like they were fucking with me because then at some point they all just slip into like telling apparently hilarious Russian anecdotes and chortling and like backslapping each other, you know, like oh yeah, da, oh my, and I'm God. in the van just going like I hate myself. Even I, the kid, even the kid is able well, to he's, participate. He's just being real quiet, and he's like 15, so it's yeah. like you know, and he's yeah. only got. 
he literally just has to say like two words or something and they're in English mm-hmm. like he had you know with an accent but he's in English like I'm having to speak like and I'm like looking down at my like badly written like <laughs> notes where I've drawn like a smiley face next to one word to indicate that I accent that more heavily and I've you know I'm spelling everything like <laughs> just huge letters and I'm like and you know, and meanwhile, they're basically just reciting like the, you know, like Marxism, you know, in the verbatim text. <laughs> that really does sound like they could have been messing with. You. It was so freaky. And um, anyway, and so, uh, so so we so we get to the set and we're like rehearsing it, and it's you know it's and they're, again they're being very cool. They're being very cool, very professional, treating me like an absolute equal, even though clearly I am not. And we're going through it, and it's like, and I'm just man, I'm just giving it all I've got, and I'm really like just trying to trying to bring my best Russian accent. And, um, and then the uh, one of the, the assistant director between takes pulls me aside and says, hmm. "How's your Russian accent in English?" <laughs> <laughs> and I and I you know and it's like I I can see the writing on the wall there clearly and I you know which is fine like you know and I my whole thing is I am there you know as you know as as I you've heard me say a million times I try to be you know. I, Rick Emerson is a professional. Mm-hmm. They're happy. I'm happy. And Game I said, day player. Yeah. I said, you know what? What? And then you hear yourself saying things. It's like you sound like Tobias Funke. Like whatever's <laughs> whatever's best for the scene. That's what oh, I want to do. You just tell me. You know, whatever's going to make this business of show flow that much more smoothly. You know, just oh, like, whatever. God. But I just told the guy like I have no ego involved in that at all whatsoever. Like I just I don't want to suck. So you tell me what I need to do to not suck. If that's speaking in English, hey, right. I can speak in English, pal. <laughs> I can bring the English like nobody's business. <laughs> and so we go back in. And uh, because the, I think what the thing is, is like everybody else in the room is either there was one actor who was from Russia, as it turns out, literally from Moscow. And then I'm standing there like my pigeon Russian, like, oh, you know. God, and you're trying not to be offensive, I'm sure, because he was like, I'm not making fun of you. I'm trying to do my accent. Oh, I need vodka. <laughs> <laughs> ha, 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 ha. You know, like, so try, really, honestly, I sound like Boris Badenov. You know, I sound, I sound like what's his name from Sneakers, you know. We could induce homomorphisms, you know, just like ludicrous. Watch a bunch of Nikolai Volkov right. from WWF. Totally. Or something. Like, I must, it's like, I feel like I must be doing some Russian minstrel show. <laughs> you know? Right, exactly. Like I, I just know In that. Like, like if you were to, I feel like I'm doing some Soviet version of like, show enough, boss. Whatever you want me to do, you know. It's like it's so. I feel like then all self conscious, like that the Russian is like hearing me mangle the mother tongue. Oh, so I'm like, yeah, I'll speak English, the no problem. Tongue. You know, I can totally do this. So I deliver, I deliver my lines in English, and it's uh, you know, it's one of those things that takes hours and hours and hours and hours, which is which is fine. Uh, great craft services, and so. I finish, I'm like, bam, done. Even under, and of course they did the thing of like changing the dialogue at the last minute, but I'm like, no problem, it's English, I can do that. Mm -hmm. And so, like, you know, thinking, Rick Emerson nails it again, even on the shifting sands of changing linguistics. And uh, so, so that was in November. So then it's like you know, it's called the Red Menace. It aired on the uh, uh, January 9th. And again, I didn't tell anybody about it because like, still could be cut, mm-hmm. yeah. still be removed from the whole thing. And um, so then January 9th comes and goes. Again, I had not mentioned it. I, I told Laura, I'm like, don't don't mention this to anybody because I can be on the cutting room floor. And you know, Tim and Dr. Quinn Medicine. Will be <laughs> and so then January 10th comes, and it's like NBC streams them on the website. And it's like nobody's looking at home. And I'm like, all right, let's see how this turned out. <laughs> now, have you seen Pee-wee's Big Adventure? Oh, yes. You know at the end uh, when Pee-wee's making a cameo appearance in his own film? Yes. And he's all like, Oh, quiet, Dottie, here comes my big scene. And then he picks up the phone at the front desk and he speaks, and it's all, 
Mr. Herman, you have a telephone <laughs> call at the front desk. And it's like clearly not his voice? Yeah. Yes, welcome to my world. No, they didn't. Full on dubbed me. (laughs) Full on 80 yard my ass right out of there. Oh. Literally. I I should have come prepared. That was the best punchline I could have ever hoped for. I should have. I mean, I thought about. I should have actually brought the clip and made it an audio punchline where I'm like, listen to my voice now. Because it's like not. It's like some guy. It's like some janitor or like whoever was editing or just a guy's cousin. Did they try to match it up to your lips or they cut no. away every time you're no. talking? Well, they cut around it. Yeah. They, <laughs> was it a lot of the back of your head as you were talking? It is. No, literally, it's like it's like the camera moving around the back of my head in transit. Like shots I think that you would normally never use. Like, you know, like Greg is over here, Sarah's over here. The camera's got to move from one to the other, so we'll just wheel the camera over. Well, let's use that wheeling of the camera shot <laughs> so that like no one can really focus on his lips, which don't match whatever's coming out of his mouth, and it's a different actor altogether. Oh, that's great. Literally, it's like, <laughs> it's me. It's not, it's so crazy. It's like another voice coming out, coming of, out of my face. mouth, yeah. speaking a language in an accent that I don't know to replace a language that I had to learn that I don't understand. Wait, so they they dubbed it back so, in with you speaking in Russian? No, no, no. It's no, now in English, but it's in okay. Russian. So it's but it's like layers of like oh fail. Oh god! It's like I couldn't have failed more. <laughs> I failed literally. I showed up. Is basically the only thing I got right. Now, did anybody notice that? Like, have you heard from anyone? Like, oh, that was I. Uh, I. Uh, I. Uh, I. Since uh, since I quit doing the show, I just uh, one of the small joys of no longer doing the show is uh, that I'm not on Facebook. Uh huh. Which you know I think is probably. For the best, I think. we were just talking about that. I'm thinking that I need to maybe take a break. It's you know I think for me it's just it becomes you know it's one of those things. It's the thing I don't have to worry about, and it's like is something going to torque me off for today or just whatever. You know, it's like it's a, it's a thing I don't have to check. You know, because I feel obligated to try to keep up with people and respond, and it's like I feel better about just not doing it. But if I, you just remove yourself, yeah, and, you know, you can't be blamed. And it's not a secret. It's not like you know. I mean, that's why if people look, they see that the last update literally was I said. You know, the Rick Emerson show has concluded. Thank you for listening, like Feb- uh, January 22nd, two years ago. So it, it's not a secret. It's not like I'm ignoring people as such. They know I'm not on there. But yeah, Laura uh, did get a message from somebody who said, Hey, so I uh, saw Rick on Grimm. Not sure that I heard Rick on Grimm, but <laughs> saw him. And then, uh, and then our friend Scott Landerville texted me and said, I believed you were Russian. Well done. <laughs> But, oh, poor Lara. So, <clears throat> so clearly, by default, yeah. she gets a lot of the messages for yeah, you. No, she's like Rick care of Lara. Yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it's it's like I'm and I was like sitting there in the office, uh, you know, at home by myself on the laptop, like watching this, like at dawn with no one around, just me and the dogs, and you know, yeah, I'm like watching the, the whole ride, like. So, doctor, can you fix my son? Says some other guy. <laughs> and I went back and I went, hold on a second, and I watched it again, and I thought. Okay, and then I just closed the laptop, and I just sort of sat in peaceful contemplation for a while, looking at the sun and just thinking about my place in the universe. Oh. Well, now that guy is probably telling all of his family too. It's like, well, yeah, I was on the, I wasn't on there, but it's my voice, and so they're watching <laughs> right. you. Exactly, you're their friend. I mean, oh, this is too confusing. <laughs> it's so weird. So the so the, the, the way that I'm going to sum this up now in the future, my one sentence. Uh, I, I tried to put the, you know, I was telling her, I'm like, like, well, baby, when you think about it, it's. It's kind of a compliment. I mean, it means it really, you know, like they really only wanted me for my looks. Yeah. It's, that's, <laughs> that's what that was about. I'm so good looking. Only I could really embody that sense of despair and imminent suicide. 
<laughs> you showed them the right imminent suicide. No. <laughs> that is kind of flattering, though. I mean, they did pick your face. Thank you, Sarah. That's Not nice so much your Russian. <laughs> just, you, you don't know. talk so much. It was like just, just, uh, I know the thing that you've built your yeah. entire life around talking. They're like, no, you're not good at that. That's, that's the. You're not very good at speaking. Uh, so we're going to have someone else handle the speaking part for you. <laughs> you just move your mouth up and down a couple of times. We'll we'll match it up. In it was really. I, it might still be online somewhere. It was on their. They oh, I'm going. I'm searching for, for that. Um, yeah, we'll find that. Yeah, if you if the, if the episode's up, I can tell you about where it is. But it's it's quite funny because it it ain't me. It's yeah. clearly not me. Gosh, you guys have such patience to be actors. I. I have just done extra shit, and I get so bored sitting there. I don't have the patience to just hurry up and it's wait. It's a lot of sitting. It, it is, is a yeah. lot of sitting. No, it is It is like the definition of, of, and again, I'm not complaining because, you know, whatever. Like, there's there's some guy somewhere working way harder for a lot less money. It's, oh, you yeah. know, even like if you're just like a one-day role or whatever, that's like way more than your ass ought to get for sitting in a trailer and eating, Dude, which is Greg, what I'm doing. Greg got me a sweet gig once for through his agent. He's like, hey, we need a female to pretend to be your girlfriend for a shoot, and you get paid this amount of money. It was ridiculous. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, I'm in. And we went there, worked for an hour, got a, like, it was very nicely paid. Oh yeah, and that's the kind of like if you can be in and out and get paid that amount. That no, yeah, it's, it's, it's good work when you get it. Uh, no, it's, yeah. uh, it, but I am. But it's experiences like that that it's like I am so glad. Like I did this audition. I did this audition the other day. I guess I can talk about it because I, I clearly didn't get it. Uh, that's where you look at the phone and <laughs> ring, calling yourself to make sure it works. And it's but it was for a uh, like an IT guy basically. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, uh, you know. And I thought. I can nail that. I know lots of those. And those are the ones where you think like that you don't, those are the ones you don't get where you think like, you know, I am totally that guy. But um, I am so glad that I don't, that that it's not like, not even that I don't depend on it financially because I don't think anybody can depend on it financially like unless you are a star. Mm -hmm. Right. I am glad that I don't feel a calling to do it. Because, like, radio was like, I felt like this is my calling. Like, for a long time, like, this is the thing I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it still sucked and was hard and was difficult and whatever, you know. But it's like, at the same time, I couldn't really quit because I felt like I can't quit because, like, this is my thing. Mm-hmm. And with acting, like, it acting is so, it there's so much, I mean, rejection. I, I think it was, like, Ben Affleck mm-hmm. that said that he, he said he will absolutely flatly refuse to allow his kids to act until they turn 18. Yeah. He's like, because, he's like, it's a miracle that I am not crazy and that I didn't, and that I went through, you know, being an alcoholic and being a little bit whatever, and came out kind of normal because he's like, it's a thing where you ninety nine percent of the time you go into a room to be told you're not good enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you're yes, you're good looking, yes, you're talented, yes, you're whatever, you're still not good enough. Yeah, and like that must screw with your head after oh, a while. Oh, sure. Yeah, I mean that is that's that's one of those things. I mean, I can't imagine like at his level because that's all that he does. Right. And how many times he was turned down? Yeah, I mean, you just yeah. And if that guy is getting get it, turned get down, right? You know, yeah, it's mm-hmm. like Ben Affleck or whoever it was. It was Ben, it was Affleck. ben, Affleck. Yeah, ben and Affleck. You know, and yeah. I, so I'm glad that it. I mean, it's the thing I enjoy doing, but it's not a thing you know that I that I feel called to do. So it it I, I it I don't personally invest in it to a, to a degree that I think would be. So when I see myself just replaced by one of the Hanna Barbera voices, <laughs> oh my god, it's it's really okay. Uh, so someone actually found your video and they posted it in the awesome. chat. So <laughs> I need we need to find that and play the audio of it. You know, immediately. Uh, hey, you know, uh, Mister. Check cleared Mr. Bank. That's Absolutely. all I care about. Absolutely. Yeah. That's the important That's part. That's all that matters. So, my whole thing is I'm waiting to see. I, I mean, I imagine I'm still going to get residuals too. That's the thing. Like, yeah. I, so. That's true. On one of those kind of shows, yeah. I, but I mean, no, but I mean, I, and I did like for leverage, but my whole thing is because that I did. Lara said, well, like, are you going to get the same residual if it, like, if, if you're only doing half the work if they replaced your voice? But I think so. I don't think yeah. it's altered. No, I mean, no, I don't I really think, know. I think Whoa. you get paid whatever. They just paid that other guy more. 
<laughs> because they didn't want your voice in it. Yeah, so, so I mean, they like paid. Well, it's like when they used to pay farmers not to grow wheat. Yeah, I was paid not to speak on camera. It's awesome. Oh my god. It's really just slightly better than that thing where, like, you get go through the fitting, but then they cut your role where you get paid not to show up at all. Yeah. This is like that, basically. Just one step beyond. So so are we going to be seeing the Rick Emerson on any future episodes of Grimm? Uh, I, I I don't know. I mean, I don't want to... Don't want to jinx yeah. it? Well, no. I, I, yeah. It's, well, it's not, it's, that, it's not not only that, but also I don't know the rules of how that show works. I would imagine not because it all takes place in Portland. Like, the thing about Leverage is Leverage was in... All kinds of different cities. Plus, when I was the newscaster, there's lots of opportunities. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I, I think probably not because, I mean, I've already been on as a character. Yeah. A certain character. So I think that unless that character had a reason to come back, which may or may not ever happen. I mean, I don't know. Um, my guess is that the odds are against that just because having been on that kind of punches the card for mm-hmm. that show I well think. that's like when you did the Oregon lottery thing and how you can't do it again because you were the main yeah. guy in the commercial yeah yeah I won't be asked back for one of those for quite a while I don't think <laughs> they, they, they exhausted my face for that for like six months yeah it's, uh, it's uh, but that that's awesome though mm-hmm <laughs> I kind of want to try acting but it's just my fear of rejection just like how we were talking about with the listener party how I bet Greg the five minutes of stand-up. Doesn't that sound like my nightmare, Rick? Oh, it does. It yeah. Is. Yeah. I remember, I think, when we did the roast thing, and you were still there just, like, pounding down whatever you were doing. Yeah, drinking. I was like, I am so... Like, again, I can have him written out, but that was the bet, because Greg lives in a horribly, like, uh, ghost-riddled haunted house, and he ne- will never let us do a ghost investigation. <laughs> I don't know if it's it. haunted or not. There's weird stuff that has happened there. He talks to a ghost boy. I don't talk That's... to a ghost boy. There has been some weird... Dreams that take place. You hear right somebody in my room, running up and down your stairs in the middle of well, the Well, that I've heard, yeah. Things fly off your shelves for no reason. Fire yeah. alarms start and stop when you talk to them. Yeah. Noises like something <laughs> like like an appliance or such will go off in one room. When you go into the room, it stops, and then when you leave again. Well, that one could be explained. Greg, you didn't just have your first uh, menses, did you? <laughs> the girls pelt you pelt you with tampons in the shower. I'm gonna burn it all down I at the end. Just feel like that. There's there's a number of weird things. The, the the weirdest thing was something that yelled my name. That was that was. And he was also choked in his sleep. By the way, right, well, how many boxes yeah. do you need to check? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, but he that's was, the thing. That's why I don't want to know. I would rather live in. Ignorance. It's like, yeah, you can explain away all these yeah, things. Yeah, Rick, also upstairs Something. in his attic where his like room thing is, there are these little doors, and behind one of the little doors, there's a like a bed frame put together that couldn't possibly be squeezed through the tiny door and like a little children's play area. Okay. I don't go back there, though. That's not my room. I don't go in that room. Well, of course not. Why the hell would you go? That room's terrifying. <laughs> that room is their room. You know, <laughs> if this was like the AA checklist, you'd be dead by now. Yeah. yeah so it sounds like <laughs> this is a big yes. So this that is, was the thing. Is well, like so Greg, what's the deal, So though? So... So Greg has never let anybody go and like do like a ghost hunt in his house, which sounds I fascinating. I do not want that to happen because at I can, all. I can tell that he legitimately thinks something's wrong with it because he does not want anybody. He doesn't want to confirm. Well, it's either exactly. that or I'm completely insane, which I don't want to know either one of those. I don't one want to know the two. answer to either of those. I'd, so, I'd rather be ignorant. In order to put a stop to anyone, you know, paranormally investigating Greg's house, uh, we made a bet that if I at some point do five minutes of stand-up comedy, which is the thing that I would never want to do, wow. have no desire to do. But do it in front of strangers for five minutes, then he would allow a ghost hunt in his house. Now, five minutes of stand-up, and this is happening... It's happening at the listener party. Well, okay, now that's at least a a moderately friendly crowd. I know. See, I I think I'm just going to have to make it like a roast of Greg in order to be able to get through (laughs) it. 
Well, which will work. That'll probably yeah. work pretty well for the crowd. See, and I, I didn't expect you to even agree to this. Otherwise, I would have put more stipulations. It would have had mm. to been open mic someplace oh. else where nobody knows you, and then you would have to get up there. So you will have a friendly crowd. But, I mean, is it, it's, it's going to be all material about me? Mm, not all about you. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to do about it. I don't. I don't know. I. I will say this. I mean, it, I. I uh, am guilty at times of forgetting how frightening the speaking in front of crowds thing is mm-hmm. for most people because that's because that's not the way it is for me. Um, I have this sort of. You know, and Lauren and I got into a, a a really big fight one time on the way to like a little a little party, a little gathering of some friends or whatever, and I just didn't want to go. And I was getting nervous. And I see if this sounds familiar. I was getting <laughs> sweating and twitching and shaking, <laughs> and like my stomach was all knotted up, That's and I was a- breathing really quickly. And I was, like, <gasps> uh, I feel like I need to either fly or fight. I don't understand yeah. what's going on. And and she was like, "Quit being such a dick. We're going to the party." <laughs> And we pulled over, and I finally figured it out. I'd never crystallized it. I said, "I said, you know, here's the thing. It's like it's. It, I am inversely proportional. You know that like the smaller the crowd, I because I, she's afraid of speaking in front of crowds. And mm. I said, do you know how you feel when you have to speak in front of a uh, when you're at a presentation or a conference and you have to speak in front of 200 people in an auditorium? And she's like, oh, I, she's like, oh, I get twitchy and I sweat and my mm-hmm. stomach is knotted. And I'm like, aha, so. That's the thing. Like that in huh. small rooms, I get exactly that sensation. But in front of a thousand people, it doesn't phase me at all. I so I totally understand that. that. Yeah, because yeah. that's that's exactly how I feel too. I would rather more people the better because then it just disassociates. Yeah, they, it's not really people. It's that's it's just the thing. This, yeah. And then it's just yeah. Then it's it's just a, it's an amorphous object you're speaking to. It's not people. Right. Oh. The larger the crowd, I at one point years and years and years ago, like in '94, I I was I introduced a band at the Gorge. In front of how many people does the gorge? Oh my god, like thousands! Four yeah. thousand. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, so it was, I introduced George Thorogood in, right. in front of the gorge, and like it didn't phase me at all, not at all, just because again, I, yeah, I disassociate. They're not people; it's just this amorphous ocean of whatever. Mm-hmm. But in a party where I have to talk to like three people, like it, I literally I get panicky and anxious and whatever. So I sympathize because I forget sometimes. How hard that is for people to speak. Oh, in front it's of- nightmare-inducing. I mean, we were talking about it the other week when I had my speech comm class in in college. I'd have it once a week, and every time I would finish with the class for for a week, you know, where you'd have to get up and talk, I would feel relief for about a second. And then I would already start to get nervous about the next week. Right. And then I would have, be nervous for the next seven days until that and class. Builds. Yeah. And then one second of feeling relief, then nervous for the next. See, week but that's that what's weird. It's, it's amazing that you were actually a calm major with, yeah, that, well, with you, that kind of fear. But a lot of communication, you don't have to speak. Well, like I yeah. talk to people all the time, but it's us in here, not right, in front yeah. of people. Which, I mean. is to, which is different. I mean, yeah. That's the, and I will tell you this: that as much as I don't mind speaking in front of crowds and you know and speaking in front of people, and I've done some stage stuff, like I did, you know, the, bigger than Jesus, which was you know stand up after a fashion. I suppose mm-hmm. it was you know, but it, but not really. I mean, it was you know, it was it was you know, it's a, a, a one man thing in a monologue basically. So it's, it's oh, that was wonderful. Do you realize that that was ten years ago, Rick? I thought about that uh, actually the other day. Yeah, because Aaron and Jen, uh, Aaron Duran and Jen, went on their first date to Bigger yeah, Than Jesus and the, the Imago Theater. Yeah, and I think it was, and they said it was ten years ago. Yeah, it's which. You know, it's again one of those things that just vanishes. Like in the I know that's so weird. So that's stand up after a fashion. But I will tell you this: I have never, I would never, because Lara at one point, there's a couple points, you know, and, and people have said she's like, well, you know, you're you're an amusing guy. You, you can you can talk uh, sometimes, apparently. And <laughs> why don't you try stand up? And it's like the idea of doing stand up mortifies me. Like I th- even thinking about yeah. doing stand up, I would never do that. Like, yeah, 
So let me, I guess what I'm saying is you're braver than I am because mm-hmm. I don't mind talking in front of crowds. You could not pay me I know. enough to I am ter- That's why, because that's why we put these two things because they are both of Greg and my like biggest fears. Like me getting in front of people trying to make them uh, laugh. I'm horrified about, of the idea that maybe there actually is something there. Just that idea alone is... I'm really uncomfortable with it. Let alone people being in my house. And Aaron was describing how it works. You shut off all the lights. Like, you shut it off at the circuit breaker. Ugh. And then you walk around the room and you ask it questions and or Ugh. whatever is there. And you record it. And then there's a the seance stupid thing. Uh, I don't I don't like it at all. We don't, don't have like to do it yet. that extreme. I just wanted to fuck with you a little bit and just go, through, go in the secret room. We don't need to draw some demonic things yeah. out. Yeah, because really, I think I'm risking more than, than you are in this thing. Because at least your five minutes will be done. I could be haunted for... 300 of the be... longest seconds of my life <sighs> in front of people. Do you have to write it yourself? <laughs> yeah, I, I get to write it or I can have somebody help me write it. But I'll just write it. I'll just write... I don't know. I don't know. I'll just take a lot of pregnant pauses and just... <laughs> You're just going to sit there. <laughs> she said her go-to was just to people. cry. If you just I would just cry. Yeah. Dude, well, see, you can do something like that and then and then just say it's like an Andy Kaufman performance art <laughs> thing. <laughs> you know, where you just you spit at people, you know, or whatever. I know, because I, I have to do... I have to be up there for five minutes. I have all the respect in the world <sighs> for people that do stand-up comedy. Like, I was talking oh, to Jim Willig the other day. I, it's There's no... I have... I lack... I am... I am. Uh, I, I have no intestinal fortitude for that. I do not have sufficient Mm-mm. stones to do that. Did you say this before the, before the show or on the, during the beginning when you said, "quote You may regret this." When you said, "I think I'd rather be heckled than what is than silence." Than silence. Yeah, you I may, would totally you rather be heckled. You probably don't want. to I don't want to be. I don't think. I don't think that's really don't. what you. Want. I don't know. I'm not thinking clearly because when we talk about this, it makes me super nervous. Makes me nervous. I'm I know. Not even doing it. Thanks, Rick. God, I'm just no. I'm saying I, I empathize. No, but I'm bringing a piece of paper and I'm just going to stand there and I'm going to read my paper of my jokes that I made. I've seen professional comics do that. I will do that. I'll just be like, <laughs> "Hey, everybody." Well, as we talked about before, you should just do crowd work. Oh God, you there, sir? <laughs> oh no, I can just talk about how excessive because I know I'll be sweating. I will be so nervous that I will be sweating, which means I can't wear anything but black. Which means the black is going to make me sweat even more because there are going to be lights and then all my makeup's going to roll off, and then I'm probably going to get a weird eye because my makeup is going to run into my eye again and then make it all puffy oh, like yeah. it is what right now. Oh yeah, what if the eye is swollen during it? Oh God. If I were you, I'd prepare a long list of jokes at the expense of your own appearance. Okay. That's really that's the only way I'll to do. go. <laughs> I'll just do like derogatory. That's a good idea. Because uh, I do have things like, I mean, I am so sweaty that honestly, like... like <laughs> How sweaty are you? <laughs> no, I have had prescription strength deodorant, that, like the antiperspirant stuff, and I still sweat through it. I sweat through it. It feels like needles in, in your armpits because it's supposed to dry them out. Is that why your comedy stinks? <laughs> <laughs> Rick, you are not allowed to heckle me. <laughs> I'm just trying to give you an, I'm tr- Oh my god You know what it is like I'm trying to desensitize you to Between it, this see? and my puffy eye I'm losing all my self-esteem My puffy eye <laughs> My puffy That's eye That's good though So you have to break yourself down Then <laughs> when you go on stage What's the worst that could happen? <laughs> oh my gosh I could accident I, oh, I don't want to start crying I mean I guess people could leave When you're on stage That would probably be Will you stop giving people ideas on how to be mean? Did you go to see... Uh, <gasps> did you guys go to, with me when I went to see... Uh, what's his name? Screech do his stand-up comedy, Dustin no. Diamond? No. Oh, my God. Wasn't he at Dante's or something? Yeah, so I... Uh, oh. When he... Uh, I forget, did we have him on the show? No, we were going to... Because he sent us that horrific porn to. film that he made. Oh, that's right. Which I can't porn. get rid of. I've tried to give that away. <laughs> Literally, it's like I throw it in the trash and the trash spits it back at me like it won't. Um, he did this alleged stand-up comedy tour. 
And the reason I went is because um, uh, total mismatch. Uh, he was being opened for by Richard Cheese, mm-hmm. and you know that guy was puts on a good show, and he'd been on our show that day, I think, or whatever. And I was like, yeah, hey, I'll go down and see him, and then see what see what the screech is all about. And um, and I know I'm part of the problem by calling him screech, but so Richard Cheese comes out, and it's like, you know. You really, really have to think pretty. You you really have to have some balls to follow that guy. Yeah. yeah. You know, if your act is just standing on stage and talking, because he does. You know, whatever anybody thinks of that guy, he does a full show, and mm-hmm. it's like he's working the crowd and he's costume changes, and whatever, and he just like smokes the whole place, and then he's like, "I'm Richard Cheese. Good night. Up next, Dustin Diamond. Wow." And he and everybody and like first of all, like. 80% of the crowd like to the door <laughs> and then Dustin Diamond and then Dustin Diamond keeps everybody waiting like half an hour I guess he was waiting to maximize the merch sales or whatever oh god L- by the time he comes out I mean like within like three or four minutes it became painfully clear that like there was there was no act this was like I really have to pay like my Ford you know Festiva needs a payment this month <laughs> and at one point I looked around and they had left the lights on to a sufficient degree that I could see that there was well the bartender there was me and there were three other people in the audience. So there's four people. And I kept waiting. And all of us, I think, were waiting for that thing where it's like waiting for him to like be distracted or you know, to sneeze or something. He could run for the door. Cause it, but it's like I knew that if I left, like fully like 25% of the audience was leaving oh, with me. Like oh, I'm a quarter of the house at that point. <laughs> and at one point, he's like, hold on. I gotta, you know, I've got to get a drink of water. And, he, and I was like, yes. And I just turned. <laughs> And I just ran. I almost wanted. To, I'm sorry. Oh. I just like, but I ran. I literally ran like a girl. Ran like a child on a school go- playground for the door. And I didn't stop running until I was like away. And I, okay, that makes what? me feel better. If Dustin Diamond only had, you know, yeah, you can't do worse than that. What oh, did don't he do? Say that. Don't put that out there. <laughs> Jesus. Someone's saying that I should bring my own symbol and like, or else maybe I can like download something. Oh. And I put do you want to do that though? I don't give a shit. I just want to get it over with. I just want to bring one of those big vaudeville hooks and just drag yeah. yourself off stage. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! You should be a prop comic. That's what because you know I do have my. Um, I don't know if you know this about me. I don't know if I'm ready to admit this to Rick that I have my what, talking sharky? shark stick, Sharky. Oh, I know. About you know Sharky. sharky. Yeah. Yes. So I was talking. About, I was trying to speculate like if it would be better if I did it or if I brought up Sharky. Does he have a me. Does he have a, a a racist puppet friend he could speak to? <gasps> he does have uh <laughs> oh, what happened to Saber? I have no idea. I don't know. Um <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to talk about this. I thought Sharky was banned. I thought there was some sort of Yeah, Sharky sucks ass. But um but if you Sharky hates Greg. <laughs> Nerve strike. Hates Greg. <laughs> You could bring him up there. I mean, do you want to be though that person? No, where you're I don't want to be to the it? female carrot top. Yeah, I'm. <laughs> Nobody strives to be that. You could wear like a zany outfit or something like that. No, because then see, like anything that I would try to do to make myself feel better, because we're going to have comedians there, and it's going to look like I'm making fun of them. Like it's a very. Fine I don't think they're going to feel like they're, you're making fun of them. What's like a zany outfit in your mind? I, that well, she I'm would thinking wear? you know, you like dress up in like a costume. Or? Yeah, you yeah, do some <laughs> suspender jokes. You could you could mix in a little magic maybe with it. A bow tie that spins around. Yeah, oh, a beanie. God. Yeah, a hat. Oh my yeah. god, you guys are not dressing like a clown. I'm a comedian. <laughs> oh god. Oh god, I'm not a comedian. No. <laughs> I even just talk about sad stories from my life. And people can laugh at those. You should totally, you know, oh. you, should do, you should do the mid '90s thing. You should just show up all schlumpy like Janine Garofalo. Like, don't wash. Mm-hmm. Just like, just like hair stringy in your face and just like spotty. Just like stare. They're gonna go. I got period. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jokes. You do a Howie yeah. Mandel type of thing. Oh. Blow up a rubber glove. 
on the way, put it on my head or whatever. Mm-hmm. You can yeah. do comedy's greatest hits. <sighs> a tribute to. A tribute to. And then just do like part of a Cheech and Chong album. Oh, God. I mean, you know. I just don't even know. The I don't super even... diamond of comedy. Oh. This isn't helping. This is not helping. Oh, this is great. All right. And also, did you hear about Greg's rap battle with the whitest man in the world? I, yeah. My brain tried to uh, reject that yeah, information. I saw Rick kind of this hear that and he kind of starting his to head. set in. It's, it's starting to make me a little bit. Uh, I'm, I'm wishing I have ne- had never said that. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm shocked. I'm shocked. See, I keep underestimating everyone. I underestimated you with the comedy thing. Mm-hmm. And I figured the rap battle is so ridiculous. No way would Scott Daly ever, ever agree to go on stage and rap battle. And then he agreed to do it. Mm-hmm. And so I already put it out there. I don't even know how a rap battle actually works. My only knowledge of it is 8 Mile. Oh, God. That was that's just going to say. Have that's you watched 8 Mile? <laughs> that's it. That's, that's all the prep I have to offer that's you. That's the only thing I understand about Greg it. Greg has been practicing, Rick. See, you don't remember. Don't you See, remember all of our kooky radio shenanigans? We're still there, buddy. We're still doing this. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not faulting you. Trust me. I... Greg, why don't you tell him? I know that you wrote one the other day. Why no, don't I'd... you do it for Rick? Well, no, I don't have those. I don't have those up here anymore. Um, can I just tell you? I'm, I'm going to pull back the curtain a little bit. Greg told me this weekend that uh, that he has been recording himself rapping in his room. I did. Oh, oh, I did. <laughs> I don't know if I have it. No, I wasn't rapping in the room. I was rapping in the car, trying to get used to it. Um, yeah. See, this, again, now this when I'm actually saying this, you're writing loud, your own rhymes. Really, is it freestyle, yeah. or do you have to? Do you, can you I, write them beforehand? I don't know. I don't know what the rules are of a rap battle. I don't know how it works. I don't know. Well, See, in Eight the Mile, problem. they had to come up with their own, their own raps, and they couldn't do it. That's why they the freestyle is more important. Yeah, I mean, is it going to be? You don't know how it works, though. I know how Eight Mile works, <laughs> and that's how it worked in the Bitch. movie. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> uh, well, is it so? Uh, let me put it in. Uh, let me uh, let me uh, uh, transpose this into terms or a word like that it, it, uh, into something that I understand. Yeah. So. When I was on the debate team as a young man, mm-hmm. uh, you would go to a debate tournament and uh, in a place such as uh, OMAC, let's say, okay. uh, or Moses Lake. And while you were there, you could have uh, – there was you know, the actual debate, uh, which was you know, you're either your you're, you're, uh, Lincoln-Douglas style, which is one-on-one, or your Cross-X, which was like teams. But then there were other speech uh, um, uh, events that were solo, and there were things like um, – uh, expository, contemporaneous, and improv. Now, the deal with that is that improv was literally where you would walk up to the front of the room, and there would be, a, and everybody used the same slip of paper. You walk to the front of the room, you go into the room one by one. There's a slip of paper face down. You turn it over, and there are three items on the slip of paper. Okay. The first one is a single word. The second one is a statement, I believe, and the third one is a quote. And that's always how it works: mm-hmm. a word, a statement, a quote. You look at the piece of paper, and you have to pick one of those. And they give you five minutes, and you can divide the five minutes up any way you want in terms of prep and then present presentation. So you can okay. prep for a minute and then speak for four, or you can think for three and speak for two. Mm-hmm. But the deal, but like if you're if you're really trying to like you know show like who's who's you know who's got the the stones, you, the deal is like you would get to the point where you'd walk in, you pick up the paper, you'd look, and you just like immediately put it back down and go. Popcorn or whatever, <laughs> like you just pick whatever, and you yeah. just imme- yeah. and you totally freestyle the whole thing. So, so that's I think like the freestyle rap thing, as opposed to like the uh, the the, expo- uh, the extemporaneous, which is where you bring a presentation and you you know and you say you know. 
A History of, of R- the RCA Record Club <laughs> mm-hmm. with Visual Aids by me. And then you have like like an easel and you're showing like what, and you can prepare it and work on it. And- I think I'd rather go that route. I think that's how that route should be. Is well, what, it, what was the expository? Because I think I did that one. I, uh, I can't I, remember I what it is. I different. Oh, expository. Okay. The improv is where you looked at the paper and you had to like freestyle it. Mm-hmm. The expository, I believe, was where everyone was given the same topic. But like, you know, a week or two in advance and everybody prepared like a five minute speech about it. Okay. So like everybody had the same topic and you all had five, you know, you all had time to prepare. So everybody basically got up and gave a five minute, their own five minute sort of riff on the thing. But you but you could work on it for like days in advance. I think that the best one would be if we had like a, a hat or something or a bowl. Yes. And people could put in their suggestions and both you and Scott had to, would they have to do the same well, wait one? Wait a minute. Now we have to come up with that because I mean, honestly. Because then you can get like 10 uh, minutes. Greg, all it is is writing a rhyme and you can write it down. Oh, I love how I love how easy this is for you. So, wait, with 10 minutes to come up with the, we get, a, we get a topic and then we get 10 minutes? Or you could draw it at the beginning of the listener party and then you and Scott can close the night with the rap battle and you can work on it in between. Oh, I don't want, I don't want that to be the closer. Uh, you know how, uh, uh, you know, you guys know Jonathan Colton and mm-hmm. uh, those guys, Paul and Storm, that tour with him and do his yeah, vocals yeah. and stuff sometimes. So they do this thing, and I, I'm not exactly sure all of the, uh, all of the specifics, of, but they do this thing called, um, I think it was called Song Foo, but they changed it to something else. But it's basically the songwriting contest. And as I understand it, the way that they do it is, they, um, I think the deal is that they are given a, um, uh, they're given a a, uh, a generalized theme or a topic, you know, sort of a subject, and then I believe in their in their case they're given um, a band from whom they have to draw one piece of musical inspiration. They have to do they have to do a reference musically to a certain band at some point in the song, like a guitar okay. tone, or there has to be like a little keyboard riff that is like a reference to David Bowie or whatever. Okay. Um, and so, but then I think then they go into a room and they each have like, you know, they have like an hour to like write the song where it's mm. like, you know, the, the subject is like, the subject is like mad scientists and the artist you must reference is uh, Pink Floyd. Yeah. And so they go, because I think they got one about space and Pink Floyd and so Colton came back in an hour with this song about uh, Laika who's the, the dog that went up into the into Sputnik mm-hmm. um, yeah. and um, and he did like a little uh, guitar solo that sounded like Pink Floyd and whatever but they each had an hour and then they come back and they each present their, their thing see that mm. would be easier though because that's an actual song instead of rapping it oh god rapping it you I mean, can just, do just it just saying this even when we were practicing like the other week like you could totally just you did it on the fly Here's All a right. thought. Now they, they they have in Portland. I mean, there are there are actual uh, rappers. The uh, rappers. Uh, now, have, uh, and and I meet people who are like legitimately uh, fantastic at that sort of thing. Have you thought about having some of them like come in here and 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 break it down for you about how how it works? We should. Well, have I think Keelan. we need Keelan. Yeah, yeah. We should have Keelan come in because Keelan's going to be moderating it. Keelan's going to be the the overlord of the rap battle. Rap battle. So um, wow, this is going to be really. Incredibly awful. It's, it's gonna, it's gonna be amazing. Mm-hmm. The, the main thing is, though, I don't want to lose to Scott Daly because that's that seems worse to me than you anything. Won't. Then you have to take your life. Yeah, <laughs> I know. If I'm gonna, if I'm gonna lose to the whitest man on earth, Scott is one of the sweetest I, people I've ever met, but he's also one of the most easily flustered. 
And I think if he if he like trips on his words once, I think so that I just might gotta be. Fluster him. Yeah, I mean he's if like I a gentle giant. He's all like kind of, but like. <laughs> hey, Greg, <laughs> have you ever played poker with Scott? Uh, yes, yeah, I have. Yeah, you once. don't have anything to worry about. It's, yeah. it's, <laughs> we love you, Scott. No, I'm just saying. But uh, but you're right. Like if you lose in that sort, of, yeah. Like you have to like they have to like you have to kill yourself and then they have to burn your house down and salt the earth so that nothing may grow there. Like yeah. you will shame your family for generations <laughs> if you lose. So you yeah. can't. That'll be There's it. a lot riding on this, Greg. There's a lot riding on this. Oh my god, I didn't even realize what time it is, you guys. We've been yipper yapping. Yipper yapping. Yipper yapping. I don't know. Maybe you should do the rap battle. I know, right? I'm so <laughs> fluid with my words. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, well, I do have just a brief thing in Baltar because it is uh, Super Bowl week. I did want to present a couple of things because I said I was going to do this all week long. Okay. Well, it's only Tuesday. Because of the fan songs. <laughs> no. All right, Rick, do you want to hear some fan songs? Yes, I do. All right. All right, I'm Greg Nibbler. Let's talk boss. Okay, so, uh, Rick, I'm not sure if you are aware the Super Bowl is this weekend. I, well, now, somebody <laughs> told me, it was one of those things where I was tapping the phone on my uh, screen because I think it was it was broken. It said the Seahawks <laughs> yes. had made it into the Super Bowl, which can't, clearly can't be true. <laughs> the Seattle Seahawks are playing the, the Denver second Broncos. Second time? Second time. When was the first time? Uh, 2006. Oh, that you explained You knew it was in the before. second time? Well, only because, because I noticed it. Honey, my phone's saying the strangest thing. It's opposite day. It says that, and then I read the article, and I couldn't believe. I just kept being. It was like layers of amazement. Like uh, the second time, I remember the biggest celebration my family ever had was when they made it into the playoffs once in the eighties. Oh yeah. So you know. Yeah. No, they're they're in the Super Bowl playing the Denver Broncos, and with this now, this is something. With, of course, uh, you know the YouTubes and everything that are out there now. Everybody thinks that they can write their own songs mm-hmm. uh, for. In honor of the game, be it uh, Broncos songs, which I played yesterday. But there are a number of Seahawks fans. And Seahawks fans, look, you know, I, I know there's a lot of Seahawks fans here that listen to this show. They are some of the most obnoxious, annoying fans on earth. Not right? the ones Especially that listen right to our now, show. Not the ones that listen to our show. The other ones. But the ones that write their own songs about the Seahawks. So mm. I've got I've got a couple here. I just want to present them since there are so many that, we have to, that I have to play this week. I want to present this first one. This is called Seahawks Pride by a man named Charleston... Halcyon. Charleston Halcyon? This is just awful, Greg. See, and this is what makes me feel better about the rap battle because of this Is he one of God's special people? It sounds like someone else was getting ready to record a track and he is sort of standing outside <laughs> shouting through the window, <laughs> hoping to get on. It is. <laughs> Go see, that line never gets old. I wanna, yeah, get that touch there. Oh, he's whispering. Oh, oh, no, 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 no,
<gasps> like okay. it's like their big break time. The Rebecca Black syndrome. Well, not quite. It's something along those lines. Only taking another song and turning it into their own. So this is by it's by a couple of women who have a song called Soar. The best part is how how earnest she she means when she's singing this. If you have to subtitle your video, you've lost. <laughs> they even do the thing too. They put on all their Twitter handles and their names too at this point. Oh no! Well, follow them. By the way, just singing women singing a song called "Sore" is unpleasant. Like I think of several things before I think of whatever that's <laughs> different spelling. Yeah, I. So there we go. Those are two of your fan songs for today. Jesus, plenty oh. more coming up. Did this week. no one? There are think hundreds to call of these. Mix a lot. <laughs> I know, seriously. I mean, you could do, seriously, you could do, imagine, I don't know why nobody does. Yeah. Sir Mix-a-Lot, President of the USA, Duff McKagan. Yep. Macklemore right even. there. Macklemore. Yeah, I mean, seriously, I mean, yeah. you could, I mean, the list is long. I mean, that's. Maybe they're making one and they're just waiting until the Super Bowl. Huh. Don't play it again, Greg. Don't play it again. I can see you. That's sore. That concludes this edition of Ball Talk. Because you know in their mind, too, they're thinking they're going to invite us to, to sing this at the Super Bowl right now. This oh. is going to be like the big moment. No. I think that's what this thing No. Oh, my gosh. This has just flown by. Fun Employment Radio Network Party, February 22nd <laughs> at the Hawthorne Theater. Go to funemploymentradio.com and get your tickets now. Yep. So we're going to be doing a live taping of the show. And two of our guests will include, but not limited to, the one and only Mr. Rick Emerson. And Mr. Tim Riley. Five years. Five, Five years. That's weird. It really is crazy. It's, it does not seem like that. Like I said, it simultaneously seems like yesterday, but also just like like a million years ago. So that'll be, I'm looking forward to it. That'll be uh, Oh, me quite too. Something. Oh, yeah. it's going to be exciting. The world needs more Tim Riley in it. I, mean, I know. Really There's no such thing as too much Tim Riley. It was so wonderful seeing him the other day because, you know, it's been so long since I saw him. As soon as I saw him, you immediately fall back into that same rhythm. You know, it's like, oh. And this is why I love you. It is impossible to be in a bad mood like when Tim walks into the room. You're just, no. just like, ah, oh, my day is so much better now, instantly. Like, I, I've never forgotten it, but I mean, he is just one of the sharpest, funniest people I have ever oh, yeah. met. Oh, yeah. And he just says the meanest, most hilarious things. <laughs> With a smile on his face. Because yeah. he'll say something, not about, not to you, but like about someone else. He'll say something, I'm like, what? Yeah. Ooh, that was good. No. Oh, no. He's <laughs> smiling and stabbing at the same time. <laughs> you know what Tim is like? Yeah, Tim is like, he's like the really sharp knife, though, where you don't realize you've cut yourself right away. <laughs> yeah. And you look back and you go, oh, damn. And it's like, and it's like. You've cut your finger off. Your fingers. Yeah, it's, seriously, it's like you just filleted your hand open. 
It was painless but deadly. Oh yeah. my god, that is the best euphemism. Yeah. Ever for that. Oh god. <laughs> Tim Riley, February twenty second, Hawthorne Theater. Uh, send us an email, funemploymentradio at gmail.com. Give us a call, 503-575-9120. Rick, where can people find out about your exploits if there are any? If anyone wants to stalk <laughs> you online because <laughs> you're not on the book of face. Uh, well, you can go to rickemerson.com. <laughs> Nothing there, but you can go there if you've, if you've run out of things to watch. Um, yeah, I mean, if, if slash when things happen, you can find me at rickemerson.com. Also, um, I'm on AM Northwest, usually the second Wednesday of every month. So, AM Northwest. Nice. Uh, you, yeah, usually the second Wednesday of uh, every month you can see me then oh cool what do you talk about on there uh, we do an economic segment the zombie economics segment nice. so um, that's uh, what is today today is the 28th Tuesday so it's actually so it's next I forget it, 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 but it's uh, <laughs> I've, already, I've already my brain is falling apart but yeah the second Wednesday of every uh, every month cool. on AM Northwest at around 9.30 nice awesome alright and uh, no other shows on the network today nope Tomorrow, though. Hopefully my eye will be less puffy tomorrow. Yes, I know. It, mm-hmm. it's, it's really not as bad as you think, but if you do see Sarah out and about, just Don't mention it. it. You can totally stare at it. it. It's fine. Just stare at it. Don't say anything. <laughs> I'm hiding this thing from everybody. All right. We'll be back tomorrow with more Fun Employment Radio. Like a- but wait, we're not done yet because we need to say happy birthday to someone. Yes, we do. We need to say happy birthday to Mr. Loki, who is turning 60 years old, I believe. Oh, Mr. Loki. 60 years old. He's now residing in Pullman, Washington. You know, Greg, that's where I went to college. Oh, really? I'm, I'm just telling you. Do you have any recommendations for him on this birthday? I, he's already been. He, he went to Cougar Country, which was my favorite cheeseburger I have ever eaten. And he went there and took a picture of it and taunted me. Well, that's So wait, fantastic. that wasn't very nice. Though. Yeah, no, that's not nice at okay. all. Okay. Well, anyway. <laughs> Loki, he is not 60 years old. But happy birthday, sir. And we are hoping to see you at the listener party on February 22nd. Yes. Happy birthday, buddy. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Hot damn right. You're listening to the Fun Employment Radio Network.